ruin of that house was great. I mean, we all know the, the kid's song, the, the wise man built his house upon the rock. That, that's, that's where this comes from. But it, just a, a simple illustration. I mean, perhaps some of you are, are like me, uh, and you, you get some new piece of furniture for your house, okay? like a bookshelf or, or a chair, a desk chair maybe for work. And they, they don't come usually in like a big old box for you don't usually get a, a bookshelf that comes in a shelf box like this big. That'd be pretty crazy. No, it normally comes in a big flat box like this, and you pop it open. There's boards. And then at the bottom of that box, there's this packet of paper, usually no, it's like that thick, usually. And it says one word across the top, instructions. Okay? And if you're like me, the tendency is to go, yeah, I got this, and go right at it. Uh, you, you've been given the instructions, and you say, eh, I can do it. I've seen it. All right. But how, how ridiculous would it be, you know, for me, usually, and it doesn't end ba- well if I do that. How ridiculous would it be for maybe a, a construction worker or a, a man who's building a house to take the blueprints and to look at them and go, all right, I got this. And to never look at them again. Be ridiculous crazy. Well, Jesus has just finished the Sermon on the Mount and he's given his disciples instructions for living. He's given them the blueprint for Christian living, for how to live for him and how to live their lives. Instructions in, in every area, whether it comes to their enemies or whether it comes to giving, whether it came to prayer, he's given them instructions all along the way. And throughout the sermon, And he comes to the conclusion of it, and I would probably say, no doubt, Jesus was probably the best preacher, this was not probably, Jesus was the best preacher that this world has ever known. And he knew how to preach. You know, when I went to Heartland, we took preaching classes, and we read books on how to preach, and it all came down to preach the word. I mean, that's that's what we're told here, but on, on techniques and styles and how to talk and when to be quiet and when to be loud. And Jesus, he knew what to say. He knew how to say it. He knew how to tell people God's word because he was God the best. And one of our preaching books, a man named Haddon Robinson said, when you come to the conclusion, it says the purpose of your conclusion is to conclude, not merely to stop. I know I've preached many sermons like that where it's, it's like, oh, oh well, we're, uh, we're done. And just, well, let's pray. You know? But Jesus, he knew how to conclude. He finished giving instructions to his disciples. And God gave a conclusion to the whole thing. The conclusion to the whole matter was here. First, he proposed a question. He said... I mean, it's a rhetorical question, of course. He wasn't asking his disciples to give him an answer. But he, he was asking them rhetorically, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Lord signifies the word of, of being a master. And it's not only said once, but twice. So they're affirming, Why do you call me master, teacher, your Lord, and yet are rebellious to what I have told you? 
It's, it's a paradox. It's, it's a rebellious servant saying, Master, I'm going to do what you say, and then not doing it. It would be like me going to work. I work with Brother Dave at, at the event center. And if I went to the Bay Room and Brother Dave, or Chef as I call him there, he says, I need you to set up this table and put these chairs around it and get these dishes washed and ready for this group of people coming in. And I say, I got you. We, Chef. And uh, then I go into the locker room and I pull out my phone and start playing some games and don't do it. It'd be ridiculous. I would be a very bad employee. I probably would not have my job very long. <laughs> For you to tell your boss, I got you, I'll do it, I, I'm good, and not do it is ridiculous. And that's, that's what Jesus the Lord was telling them, why call you me Lord and do not what I say? And, and just to make sure that they got it, he illustrates it with the song that we know, the wise man built his house upon the rock. And we see a parallel between two men, the wise man and the foolish man. The wise man, well, they, both of them actually have the same goal in mind. They're building their house. They, they both have the same goal. I'm going to build a house. They both have seen the same place. They, they come to the same ground. They both have come and they've seen, hey, there's a really big rock over here. And this, it's a nice flat area. I won't have to do as much work because it's already flat. There's no rock, but you know, it's flat. They come to the same ground. And one chooses to build his build his house upon the rock, and the other chooses, well, not to. And so we, we see it illustrated. The wise man, he digs deep, he finds a rock, and he secures his foundation there. He secures the building there. And he, he builds up from the foundation. I mean, there's... I, I don't know construction very well, but I do know the first thing that I've ever seen when seeing buildings, they dig down and then they lay a lot of cement, like a lot. That's their foundation, especially with being here in New York City. I didn't grow up in New York City. Most of you know that I'm not used to buildings that are tall. I'm not used to buildings that are 60 floors high that where I work, let alone like the One World Observatory that's 102 stories high. You know, it's, I'm not used to buildings like that. But I do know the taller the building, the deeper you have to go for the foundation. And so he dug deep. He found rock and made that his foundation. Then he built up. And he built his house. And then as time goes on, a storm came. And it was not just a simple little pitter-patter it wasn't even just a downpour. It was a storm. The waters and the wind beat vehemently. It was hard. It struck it or it tore at it. But the house stood firm. It didn't fall. It's because it was, and, and Jesus tells him, it's because it was founded upon the rock. The word founded means it was established. It had stability. It wasn't going anywhere because the rock wasn't going anywhere. But then we see the second man. 
who, as we said, had the same goal in mind, had a house to build, saw the same ground, and instead saw the level ground, thought it would be good enough, and began to build this house as it was. Built it up. Maybe saw this man over here building. I am using my sanctified imagination now. You know, maybe saw this guy over there. Hey, that's a good idea building the rock, but it's going to take him a whole lot longer. I'm going to get my house built a whole lot quicker. I got this. I I can do this. Or, you know, I can't be. Th- I mean, how how important is a foundation really? Like, I mean, I see him doing that. It might be a good idea, but really, how important is it? I'll just build my house. I'll be fine. And he builds his house. And the same storm that this man encounters, this man encounters as well to a different result. No, it's the same storm. It's not just one that's a whole lot stronger. It just happened to come across the way of this guy. The same storm beats vehemently, tears at the house, And the results are very different. It says the ruin of that house was great. No more house. I mean, uh, it's not quite the same rainy storm, but I saw footage, saw some of the places when we saw tornadoes rip through Oklahoma City. Those are storms. I mean, it's not water storms like these these men encountered, but storms that came through, even with houses that were on the foundation. And when the storm came through, it left nothing. That's what that looked like. This man didn't dig deep, didn't find that foundation. And because of that, there was nothing left. It was ruined. It was great. But as I said, this was Jesus' illustration. He concluded to say, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and yet do not what I say? The only difference at the outset for these two men was illustrated this way. This man, he is like a man which, let's see, this man, the wise man which built a house and dig deep, is he that heareth my sayings and doeth them. Sounds Simple enough. Heareth and doeth. That's like James talking about be ye a doer of the word, not hearers only. That's who this man was. He heard what Jesus had to say and he did it. And because he did it, it was like he took his house, took his life and stuck it down deep into something solid something that wasn't going to move. But this man heard, it says, but he that heareth, he heard everything that had to be said and doeth not. It's like that man. So we have he that hears and does and he that's just a hearer of the word and not a doer. And the results are very different. You have a man whose life established even when difficult storms came. Because it's not saying that if you build your life upon the rock, 
a storm won't come. They both encountered the same storm. Storms did come. But because he had his life founded upon the rock, the storm came and his life stood firm. You know, we know the song. So build your life upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, but this man heard what Jesus had to say and said, you know, I, I know that guy is doing what I heard too, but I think I can. Does it really have to be done that way? Can, can't I serve God? Can't I serve the Lord, my master? Can't I do it my way? I, I think I'll do it my way. Another illustration, I, I can't cook. Okay, so the irony of me working at a restaurant or working in a, a catering space is that I can't cook. But I know if you're going to follow a recipe, there are certain ways you do things, and there are certain ways you don't do things. For me, if, that, if I'm going to cook, that's probably going to be the only way I need it written down. And there have been times when, when Rachel came here the last Christmas and I was still at home because I had to work and I couldn't get the time off. She wrote it out. This one, two, three, four, one. Like, this is how you reheat everything. I'm, I'm bad. I'm terrible. This is how you reheat these. This is how you cook these. One, two, three, four, 20 steps if needed. And if I decided, I'm not sure about that. I think I'm going to do it. One, five, seven, three, two, four. It, it might have ended out badly. Knowing me, it would have ended up badly. That there are, there's some play, there's some give. It's a science. Cooking is, from what I understand, I, I don't know. But there are certain rules to follow. But when we decide we can live without the rules, or say, you know, I know what he said, and I know it's working well for him, but I think I can make it work a whole lot better. And then we see the result. The result of a man who's a hearer and not a doer. So what does that look like for us? Well, you've got a whole book of God's word written down. And it's not just for casual reading. We all know that. God has given us his instructions. He, he's given us his word on how to live for him, how to serve him, even instructing us on how we can be saved. How you, how you can know for sure that heaven is your home. And, and if you know the Bible, you've read it, and I assume most of us here have, know that there's only one way. That God has given. That's one simple, first simple illustration from God's word. There's only one way to heaven. And that is through Jesus Christ. Not of our own merit. Not of works lest any man should boast. But by his grace he saved us. But how many people do we see in this world who say. Who maybe have heard. Have heard. And yet haven't received Christ haven't simply asked for salvation there's nothing they have to do except for to receive it 
to, to repent, to, to, to turn away and just ask for simple salvation. And yet they say, you know what? I see what they're doing. I think I can do it. I, I think I can. People who even try to follow this book without salvation say, you know, I can do that on my own. And we know that the ruin thereof will be great. But how many of us have the tendency, even as God's children, to hear the word and yet not do it as well? I mean, we can get pretty callous to the word of God. We hear it on Sunday morning, twice on Sunday morning, if you come for Sunday school. And and then we hear it Sunday night and then we hear it Thursday night. We can get callous to handing it out by going Tuesday mornings and oh, hold on. My backwards Tuesday morning, Wednesday night. Yeah. Tuesday morning, Wednesday night, Saturday morning. I mean, it we're around God's word every day, even as we should be reading it each morning, each night, whenever the time is setting down to read God's word. We could easily get callous to it. Say so it becomes a, a check mark. Yep, went Sunday morning, went Sunday night, heard the preaching. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was in uh, uh, James, I think. You ever do that? But there is a difference between hearing, hearing, just hearing, and doing. And But the end result... It's far greater than just the slight difference at the beginning. Jesus made a point to declare to his disciples here in this, the conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount. He had given them instructions for living, just sat down and gave them piece by piece by piece by piece. Kind of like what we did just a few months ago. Went through the Sermon on the Mount piece by piece by piece learning about the different instructions there. And then it concluded to say, if you obey my words, the gist of this, if you obey his words and you do them, that's, that's what obedience is. You hear it and you do it. If you obey them, you'll find stability in the storms of life. Because storms do come. I mean, we've experienced them. Hard times, they, they do come. They're inevitable. It's, it's life. But if you fu- um, obey God's word, he knows what he's talking about. Whether we know it or not, he, he, he knows what he's talking about. So if we obey his word, we will find stability. That's what Jesus was telling his disciples back then, and that's what, why it's preserved for us today. So that if we obey God's word, there is stability even if we may not see it now. Because, you know, we went through a series on hard things. Uh, you know, the hard things are things where you go, mm, are you sure? Man, that's really hard to swallow. That's really hard to do. Like, loving your enemies? That's really hard to do. That's really hard to do. But you know what? When we love our enemies... And we, we don't retaliate. Well, I think the, the easiest example of this is 
I mean, they're not quite enemies, but, you know, if you have siblings when you're younger, you see one brother hits the other brother, and then there's the retaliation soon to follow of the brother hitting back the brother. But the, the, the one brother who first hits the other brother, one hits two, if two doesn't hit back one, one thinks something is wrong. He sees the difference. Well, that's what Christ asks of us is to love our enemies because they're going to see a difference. They'll, they'll see some difference. It opens a door for us, to hopefully, to tell them of Christ's love for them. Or if not, it at least relieves them of the excuse to say that, well, I, I, I'm not going to believe a word they say because they did this back to me. It takes that excuse away. Or another hard thing, and when you do the math, tithing really doesn't make any sense. Giving 10% plus missions and other offerings, giving it away, and God says, I will bless you. It's hard sometimes, especially when bills are coming or financial emergencies arise and you say, I I don't have no idea how this is going to happen. Nobody plans on getting sick. Nobody plans on a, on a car accident. Nobody plans on breaking their arm or, or twisting their ankle. It's not like you walk out of your house saying, you know, I think I'm going to go fracture my wrist today. And I, don't worry, I got money in the bank to do it. Nobody plans on those things. But something that I've seen in my very short, short life is that when you trust God with those finances, when you learn to trust God with the finances by giving, like he said, when those storms do come, when that financial emergency arises, you've already learned to trust him with that. You say, God, man, this is a whole lot bigger than what I've trusted you with before. But you've you worked in the little things. I've trusted you by giving it to you as well. I can trust you with this too. And God grows us. And, but can you imagine for this man over here who never learns to trust God and says, you know, I know what the Bible says. I know what Jesus has taught in his word. I just, I can't do that. That's way too hard. I'll figure it out on my own. And then that same storm comes up and he's got nowhere to turn to. Nothing to lean on. No stability that he's found because he never learned to trust God in the first place. That's how this works. That there are things that God has asked us or shown us skills for living, the wisdom for living, the instruction for life that maybe we, this side of heaven, we might even never comprehend as to why God has said it this way. Maybe. I mean, he's, it's pretty simple in his word, but perhaps there are things that we just will have to come down to obeying God's word, pure and simple, whether we understand why God has asked us of it or not, but that he has a reason that is like digging a house and finding stability and foundation in a rock that when those storms do come, that's when usually that testing will come and we'll be able to say, okay, 
That's why. Because now you can trust God more. Or now, now God has, has taught me through this to lean on him. I mean, we sang about him leading me. Well, he leads us through his word. And even when he leads us through those storms of life, he leads us through them. It means he's there with us. But can you imagine going through those storms all alone? I mean, I, I know I've experienced times like that when I've said, you know how fickle we can be to say I'm going to trust him sometimes with this. But then we come to this area and we're like, you know, I did good over here. I think I, I, think I can do it now. We only did good over here because we were obeying God's word. But it comes down, I feel like I'm going on and on. It doesn't need more application, more application. It's simple. That's the way Jesus put it was, we have his word. We have his instructions. It's simply doing it or not. That's it. We, we've seen the results. And it's just a matter of doing it. I mean, we probably have even seen the results in our own lives. When we can look back and say, yeah, I remember that time. When I didn't do this, I decided to do what this thought about. And we can look back and say, yeah, it, it ended up a whole lot like that. A whole lot like the a ruined house. But you know what? There's always a chance. Unlike building a house, if a house was built on the wrong foundation, really hard. I, I don't like I said. I don't know construction. It's really hard, but probably not impossible to fix that foundation or to go back and if there's no foundation, to go back and dig under the house and try to shove a foundation underneath there. It, it probably doesn't happen. I have to ask Brother Henry just to to know for sure. But Unlike that, that's where the illustration breaks down, is when we mess up like this over here, we can come back to here. So simply put, where's your stability? Where's your foundation? The simple difference between these two men, wise and foolish, is obedience. So what are you doing with this? Not, is it not just a checklist every day and we can take that, that Bible reading calendar and, and work through it and say yeah I did it I, I even I got behind and I caught up but it's more than just check 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 it's a matter of doing it so what are you doing with this let's pray dear Heavenly Father we thank you so much for your word thank you for how precious it is and how you've given it to us and how you have given us all things, all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of you, which we find all throughout this book. You've given us how to live. Pray you'd help us, Lord. Even as we're frail and we are human, we do fail. But help us to remember to do your word. It's not just simply hearing it but to be doers and not hearers only. Pray you'd help us even as we go back out into the world, Lord, out of this place to 
Monday through Friday life, Monday through Saturday, the uh, everyday life, just to live your word, God. Not just walk out of here hearing even this message and not doing what we've heard. Pray you'd be honored and glorified through this the rest of the night. It's in your name we pray.